Welcome to Woo With Us, a podcast to help you navigate and explore the many topics of spirituality, woo-woo, mysticism, and more. Don't do your spiritual awakening alone. Join us and let's spiritually awaken together. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. We are still talking about the Wheel of the Year, and today I'm doing a solo episode, and I will talk to you all about the holiday Lamas, or otherwise known as Lunasa. Um, This is one of the other Wiccan holidays for the Wheel of the Year. Um, In this podcast, I'll talk to you about the timing for this holiday, um, different names that the holiday is known as in different cultures, um, the purpose of the holiday, the rituals around this holiday, some myths and folklore, God and goddess connections, some different cultural beliefs, um, how to celebrate this season or this holiday, uh, some different correspondences like symbols, um, crystals, herbs, and some different foods that are associated with this holiday. So first, um, Lamas is usually celebrated around August 1st or 2nd if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and around February 1st if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, In my research, I noticed that there was a discrepancy on when this holiday was celebrated, um, as I noticed with a lot of the other holidays uh, for the Wheel of the Year. Um, There's a range of times when it could be celebrated. Um, It's not exact, like Christmas is always um, December 25th. This is more like a certain time of the year. They may relate it to um, a cycle of the moon or something specific that is going on that can't be marked um, as the same date every year. So that's why there's usually a variety of dates that could coincide with this holiday. So I've, I've seen in my research, it can be celebrated as early as July 31st. Um, I also noticed that the dates can go up to almost two weeks of celebration, um, anywhere from you know, that July 31st mark all the way up to August 12th. Um, It is the first of three harvest festivals um, for the Wiccan Wheel of the Year. As I mentioned, um, there are several other names that this holiday is known for. Um, This usually just differs in um, cultures and what they're referring to this time of year. Um, In addition to uh, Lamas, which is actually um, a Christian reference to this holiday, um, Lamas came from the words Loaf Mas Day. Um, It was a harvest festival, a wheat harvest festival, that was usually celebrated on August 1st. And basically, people in that community would take their first um, wheat that they harvested from their fields, and they would turn it into several loaves of bread. And they would take these loaves of bread into their church and 
um, had these these loaves blessed. Um, so that's where Lamas came from was Loaf Mass Day, um, a Christian holiday. But it also was called Lunasa, um, and this was named after the sun god Lu. Um, Lu, this was his his time of funeral games. Basically, since this was the first of three harvest festivals and this was kind of the ending of the summer months, this meant that the sun wasn't going to be as prevalent for as many hours in the day as it had been in the summer. You know, you were going to see the sun less. So this was kind of a symbolism of the sun dying during this period. So that's why it was named Lunasa. Freyfest is another name. Um, this was more for the Viking um, references to the summer festival, and it was for um, their celebration of the abundance of crops in the summer, and especially honey, which they use to make mead. Bilberry Sunday is another name for this time. Um, it comes from the tradition of gathering bilberries, which are blueberries. Um, and that's common during this time of year. And if the bilberries or the blueberries were bountiful, there was a lot of them, then that usually meant that the other crops would also be bountiful. So it was kind of a an indication of good luck. Um, this time of year is also known as Garland Sunday. And so uh, garlands of flowers and greenery were actually placed on holy wells in Ireland um, on this day or during this holiday. <clears throat> it's just another way to celebrate, um, you know, other important figures um, during this harvest festival. Um, the This holiday is actually halfway between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. Like I said, it's the first of three Wiccan harvest festivals. Um, and because of their strong beliefs, and I feel like because of their lack of scientific knowledge of how things worked, um, they, they had a lot of superstitions related to this and many other holidays. And one of the superstitions for this holiday was that it was not good for you to harvest your grain before the Lamas celebration. Um, because if you had to use the grain that you harvested from this celebration, that meant that you didn't have enough of a a good year the previous year, um, so that your harvest from the year before didn't last through the entire year. It kind of was a representation of maybe being considered more of a failure in the farming community if you um, had to already start using your recent harvest. Um, but this was a time of abundance. It was a time to honor nature. It was a time of reflection. It was a time to show gratitude. Um, I think it's important, you know, we've talked about this in almost every one of the other uh, podcasts when it came to these kind of holidays and traditions, we need to remember where this came from. And our ancestors didn't have 
the luxury of going to a store and buying a loaf of bread or even going to a store and buying ingredients to make their own loaf of bread. They really had to be vigilant with, you know, how they farmed things, how they grew their harvest. And then, you know, just because they're harvesting doesn't mean that their hard work is over. Now they have to find ways to keep this harvest, you know, good throughout the the time they need it until the next harvest. So, you know, this was a lot of hard work. And I think that people had to kind of take time to reflect on, all right, what worked this year with us growing things? You know, how did our harvest turn out? How were we able to keep this stuff um, fresh or usable throughout, you know, the season? So I think reflection was important during this time for that reason. Um, I also think we should remember that, um, you know, this, this was a way to, um, this was how people lived. You know, they had to raise their families on what they made in their fields or have something that, you know, was good enough to be traded for someone else to give up food that they would be using for their families. Um, the Wiccans marked this holiday by baking a figure of a god in the bread and eating it. Um, and that was just their way of um, symbolizing the beginning of this harvest. Um, in early versions of Wiccan literature, this festival was actually referred to as August Eve, which would make sense as to why it was sometimes celebrated on July 31st. Um, this uh, holiday was often marked as the end of the hungry season, um, since this was the first harvest of three. You know, it was an indication that this would be a time of year that would be plentiful, um, Potatoes were being harvested, bread was being made, berries were being harvested, so it it was the end of the hungry season. Um, Lou, the, the god and the person who um, this holiday was, was for, was um, often celebrated with feasts and fires. Um, the celebrations consist of baking bread um, and uh, also celebrating the fruits of the harvest uh, by making things out of, you know, the, the berries and the apples that were harvested during this time of year. Um, so the first grains were cut during this festival. And if you um, actually cut grains before Lamas, it was considered bad luck. Um, to bring good luck, the farmers would actually take these loaves of bread that they made with their first harvest. And once they had them blessed in the church, they would allow these loaves of bread to go stale and they would sprinkle the crumbs in the corners of their barns. And this would be a way of... Um, bringing good luck to their farm. 
uh, corn dollies were actually uh, created out of these first harvests and they were hung over the fireplace in homes to bring good luck uh, also for their harvest. Um, wakes weeks were common um, in many England towns and they actually originated from this harvest festival and these 15 days of feasting that would usually occur during this time frame. Um, it was customary for people to give gifts of gloves, especially to workers if you were an employer. Um, gloves were a symbolization of authority and benevolence. Um, in some countries, Lamas was a time for warrior games and mock battles. And so young men would often show off their strength and it was a way to impress girls through competition. People in Anglo-Saxon England believed that um, Lamas loaf would be magical and they would use it for different things. Um, they would often make their first meal. There would be a lot of feasting during this time. They would honor the sun because, like I said, this was the, the ending of the sun being around for the length of time that it is in the summer. You know, our days get shorter after this. Um, people would often hike to the top of the hill. This was a, a way of honoring the sun. I also think this was kind of a way of maybe surveying their land. You know, if they were a farmer and they were able to go up on a hill and, and look at their fields of all the things that they would be harvesting. Um, people would pick sunflowers during this time. There was a lot of dancing. Um, there was the offering of the first fruits, um, which was a religious rite. Um, where, you know, feasts were created out of this new food that was um, harvested, like the bilberries or the blueberries. Um, a bull was usually sacrificed during this time. Uh, dance plays were performed. And they were often featured, they often featured Lu, the god of the sun, and he would seize the harvest for mankind um, and, and would be defeating the powers of blight. Um, altars were often set up with food and fire. Um, a circle was laid out, uh, usually using natural resources from the surrounding area. Traditionally, this was a time of year for craft festivals. Um, skilled artisans would like sell their creations during this time of year. Um, it is interesting because I do kind of think about the things that we do in our culture now. And, and this is kind of the time of year when you think of more Renaissance festivals and craft fairs. And um, so it's interesting that we can still keep those traditions alive without maybe even realizing where they came from. Um, in medieval Europe, uh, guilds would be arranged for members to set up booths around the village and decorate them with bright ribbons um, that would be in fall colors. Um, so again, a reference to the Renaissance festivals of this time. Um, in some cultures, they would actually build towers and break the towers down um, in competitions. In Scotland, a berry man would march around the town with a crown of roses and a staff. That was just a tradition during that time of year. Um, one of the largest remembered Lamas fairs 
was um, in Kirkwall in Orkney. And the rules of the festival were that couples would enter a year-long temporary union. And then after that year, they would decide if they wanted to delve further into commitment. Um, so I feel like this is kind of, a, you know, a way that engagement and marriage was kind of established. You know, you think about you're engaged and usually you're engaged for a certain amount of time before you set a date and decide to actually go through marriage. So that's kind of where I feel like these these things came about. Um, here's some myth and folklore that I found in relation to this holiday. Um, Thor's wife, whose name was Sif, had beautiful golden hair. And Loki, um, another god who was typically a prankster, decided it would be funny to cut Sif's hair as a prank. Um, and this made Thor really mad. Um, so some dwarfs decided to spin some new hair for Sif. And this new golden hair grew magically when it touched her head. And so the hair of Sif being golden, like the grains that are harvested during this time of year, is kind of um, an association you know, Sif and her golden hair and the golden grains that grow during this time of year, those are all kind of intertwined. Um, in Shetland Islands, uh, farmers believe that grain harvested during this time um, should only be harvested during the waning moon. Um, and they also believe this about harvesting potato crops and peat. Um, in Lunasa, Calves were weaned during this time. Uh, the first fruits were ripe. In some uh, Irish countries, and farmers would wait until this holiday to start picking fruits, or bad luck would befall on the community. Um, John Barleycorn was a character who was representative during this time of year. Um, he represents the crops of barley that were harvested during the autumn, and he kind of represents the cyclical nature of planting, growing, and harvesting, and then death of this time of year. August 23rd was the celebration of the Vulcan, which was the god of fire and volcanoes. He was honored with sacrifices, um, and their sacrifices were made in hopes of protecting the cities from the fires from the volcanoes. Um, Corn dolls were made also from the last stalks of corn that were harvested. Um, and uh, this was a way of protection. Um, and then breaking of bread became symbolic of peace and hospitality. When you welcome someone in your home and you eat bread together, I guess it was thought that you were far less likely to kill each other. So that's where breaking of bread came from. And then in Norway, boys and girls who shared bread from the same loaf were destined to fall in love and marry. Um, in Appalachia, it was believed that if you missed a row of corn while you were planting, then someone in your family would die before the harvest season. And if you see kernels of corn lying in the road, it meant that company was on the way. And then if your husks of corn would extend beyond the ear itself, then you are in for a long, hard winter. 
um, I found a lot of God and goddess connections to this time of year. Um, goddesses were usually celebrated during this time of year. Uh, Demeter, uh, the Greek goddess equivalent of Ceres, uh, was associated with the changing of seasons and connected with the image of the dark mother. Her daughter is Persephone, and she was the one that was abducted by Hades. Um, and so Demeter, when she was without her daughter, um, was grieving for her daughter, and she would cause the earth to die for six months until Persephone returned. So that was the um, fall and winter season when you, when nothing was really living. Ceres was the Roman goddess of harvest and grain, and the origin for the word cereal, and cereal was actually crunched up grains, um, so that's where cereal came from, was from the goddess. And um, Ceres was responsible for agricultural fertility. Adonis was the Greek god of grain and rebirth. Um, Aphrodite and Persephone actually battled for his affections. And Zeus ordered Adonis to spend six months with Persephone in the underworld and the rest with Aphrodite. So again, an allusion to the fall and winter, and the changing of the seasons. Uh, Macha was the Celtic goddess of horses and associated with fertility, kinship, and land. Danu was the mother goddess associated with fertility, abundance, and wisdom in Celtic and Irish traditions. Um, but I found that the day of Danu was actually um, celebrated in January 18th, which isn't associated with the time frame for this time of year, so I thought that was interesting um, that she was talked about during this time of year when her day for celebration wasn't until January. Uh, Dagda, the Irish god, was considered the father of gods and the lord of fertility. He had plenty of knowledge. Vesta was the Roman goddess of home and hearth and the protector goddess and the guardian of the sacred fire. Um, Tammuz was the Sumerian goddess of vegetation and crops and was associated with the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. Um, Tammuz was slain and his lover, Ishtar, mourned him so much that nature stopped producing and she followed him back to the underworld to bring him back. Another association with Demeter and Persephone and the changing of the seasons. Um, Sobek was an Egyptian um, crocodile god and the god of the Nile. In Egypt, the flooding of the Nile River was important to the crops, and um, this flood provided the needed minerals and nutrients needed uh, to grow the crops. And so Sobek was honored and thanked during this time for a good harvest. Um, Sobek was considered a protector god and a creator god. Saturn is the Roman god of the harvest and agriculture and a god of justice and strength. Mercury was the Roman goddess, the messenger of the gods, um, the god of commerce, and is associated with the green trade. Um, Hestia was the Greek goddess of hearth, protector, and the guardian of homes and mortals who honored her. Lu, like I mentioned before, is the sun god or the god of light. Um, he is also the god of craftsmanship and skill. He is known as the many-skilled god. Um, and 
it was also a reference that the sun god transferred his power into the grain and then was sacrificed when the grain was harvested and made into the first bread of the season. Um, Lou has similarities to the god Mercury and was also an inspiration for the archangel Michael, which I thought was interesting. Um, and he hosted funeral games also in honor of his foster mother. Um, and his foster mother was um, responsible for the craft fairs and for the Teltian marriages, which lasted for a year and a day, and that was celebrated during this time. Um, Lou's mother was the one who was responsible for having cleared the lands in Ireland to make way for the planting of the crops. And then finally, we have the Celtic sun god who enters his old age during Lamas, um, but he's not dead yet. Symbolically, the sun god loses his strength. Um, the same as the sun seems to lose its strength during this time. Um, some cultural beliefs I found during this uh, holiday um, were the importance of grain in the civilization. Uh, all civilizations, grain was associated with the cycle of death and rebirth. In Wicca, it's believed that the god prepares to die in the autumn as an ultimate sacrifice. The Wiccans also believe that the god sacrificed himself um, in the autumn each year so he can be reborn and bring back light uh, to make way for the fertility in the spring. Um, Lu is the Celtic god of light and the son of the sun. The story is that the sun god transfers his light and power into the grain and then is sacrificed and the power of the sun goes into the grain as it ripens and when it's harvested it's made into the first new bread of the season and then the seed grain is also saved for planting the next year's crop so the sun god may rise again in the spring with the new green shoots. Um, Christian religion adopted the theme and called this time Lamas. Again, that was the um, loaf mass uh, reference and baking bread into from these grains. Um, the blessed bread would be broken into four pieces and placed into the four corners to protect uh, the land. Um, okay. So now I can just talk to you a little bit about how we can celebrate this holiday um, modernly. So we celebrate this time of year. It's important to remember because we live in a society where we mass produce. I think it's important for us to remember that um, there is a cycle to all things. So I think it's important for us to keep this in mind when we're, you know, going through our life and going through our year, just know that, you know, there is a cycle to everything, even if we do have the ability to go to the store and buy things in bulk. Um, you can make an offering to the God, Lou. Um, you can ha create a prosperity ritual, so you will always have prosperity, um, much like they did in farming by you know, sacrificing maybe their first grains, so they will always have grains every year. 
um, make sun water or sun tea. So this is being charged with the sun god's energy. Meditating or doing yoga in the sun, again, using the sun god's energy. Creating or decorating ritual items. Um, going berry picking. Walking through the woods and spending time meditating, uh, especially looking at your surroundings. Um, climbing a hill in your area. Um, because it was a tradition to get as close to the sun as possible, hiking on the hill. Now, I mentioned that before. Um, that was a way of, you know, getting close to the sun. Making bread, baking bread from scratch, breaking, baking bread from scratch and incorporating seasonal herbs um, from your garden or from the store. Making a wicker man, putting all your bad habits uh, that you want to get rid of inside of him and throwing him into the fire. And so that's your way of getting rid of these bad habits. Um, making corn dolls, making a blueberry pie. You can decorate your altar using sickles and scythes and ivy and grapes and corn and poppies and dried grains and apples. Um, you can take the day to celebrate your own skills and abilities. Uh, remember, Lou is the god of, of many skills. And so... Um, if you take a day to celebrate your own skills, you're honoring Lou as well. Take an inventory of your strengths and uh, maybe make a list of things that you would like to learn more about or things that you want to get better at doing. Um, you can decorate your altar with items related to your skills and talents. You can make fruit preserves since this is a time of berry picking. Um, you can make beer or enjoy an artesian beer. You can host family and friends to a dinner. So you can make dishes that are representative of this time, like seafood and herb roasted chicken, bread, berries, potatoes, greens, pies, etc. Drinking wine, creating a fall garden of broccoli, onion, kale, turnips, cabbage, carrots, etc. Uh, you can practice a skill or craft. You can join a friendly competition. You can reflect on uh, the harvest so you can set an intention and then reflect on your growth. You can create a gratitude journal and write 10 things that you're grateful for at the moment and then take the time to feel the feelings that come with each of these things. And then you come back every day for the next five days and you add a new item to the list. You can create an herb pouch for abundance, so you can grind together peppermint for prosperity and abundance, and basil for abundance and success, and then you can um, add your herbs to a pouch uh, you wish to keep, your, keep in you know, for your abundance, and then you add a stick of cinnamon for strength and success, and peridot for earth energy and wealth, and then you tie up your pouch. Or you can create a good luck magic mist. So take a few moments and imagine what good luck would look like for you. And then you feel the feelings that you would have in that moment. And then you add 15 drops of lemon balm essential oil to bring renewal and happiness. Nine drops of sweet orange essential oil. And this brings prosperity and luck. And then six drops of cinnamon essential oil for money and success. And then you add distilled water, 110 milliliters of distilled water, 
water and then you place a lid on the bottle and shake for 30 seconds and then you can spray the mist <clears throat> into your space three times and then when you're finished you can repeat this for the next three days <coughs> and then finally I just wanted to tell you some different things that are associated with this holiday. Um, so if you are interested in making things or creating objects, um, you know, using objects for an altar for this time of year, here's some things you can use. Bread, corn dollies, wheat, a cauldron, uh, corn itself some different herbs, threshing tools like scythes and sickles, sunflowers, marigolds, zinnias, grapes and vines, sheaves of wheat, bowls of oats, animals like horses, oxen, and donkeys, trees, especially hazel and gorse, herbs, so any grains, grapes, goldenrod, heather, blackberries, uh, crab apples, pears, sage, sunflowers, meadowsweet, and yarrow. Incense like aloes, rose, and sandalwood. Some stones like carnelian, citrine, peridot, uh, gold topaz, clear quartz, cat's eye, amber, obsidian, uh, native copper with malachite, aventurine. Colors like gold, yellow, Orange, uh, red representing the goddess mother, and green. <clears throat> and then fruits, apples, grains, homemade breads, barley, berries like blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, grapes, wine, beer, pears, peaches, plums, potatoes, pumpkins, uh, black currants, mushrooms, corn, nuts, squash, and wine. So hopefully this gave you some ideas and gave you a little bit of background about Lamaze and um, more holidays for the Wheel of the Year. I hope this piqued your interest and I hope you stay tuned. Uh, we have a couple more podcasts coming up where we'll talk more about the last holidays for the Wheel of the Year. So stay tuned and join us in two weeks. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Your support is so important to us and we'd really appreciate you giving us a rating and subscribing to our podcast so you never miss an episode and you help us reach more souls. Thank you.